Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us today. Well, our topic today is retail and retail real estate. I think retail is the fun sector in commercial real estate. Please welcome my first guest, Ryan Severino, Senior Economist and Associate Director of Research at Reese. Uh, Reese provides commercial real estate trends and forecasts of rent, vacancy, and inventory in up to 275 metropolitan areas and more than 6,300 market segments. Ryan Severino, welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, glad to have you back. Thank you, Ryan. And, and let's get right to the, the retail sector. How has the retail sector performed year to date? And did the third quarter bring any new occupancy or rate trends? You know, I, I, I personally am a big fan of retail, too, and I'd love to have a new story to tell. But uh, what we're really seeing is more of the same slow recovery in the retail sector. Vacancy uh, for the neighborhood and community shopping centers ended the third quarter at about 10.5%. So there wasn't really any change during the third quarter. Vacancies down only about 20 basis points this year. Asking rent growth has been, it's been consistent, but it's been un, uninspiring at 0.3% in each quarter of 2013. And what I would say is net absorption remains somewhat anemic. We're not seeing a lot of construction, so it's really a, a demand problem, not so much as a supply problem. What I would say on the mall side uh, is that things are a little bit better. Vacancy was 8.2% at the end of the third quarter, down 10 basis points during the quarter, and down about 40 basis points year to date. On the rent side, rents grew a little bit faster for malls than they did for the neighborhood and community centers, about point. 4% during each of the first three quarters of the year. So that's slightly outpacing uh, the neighborhood and community center brethren. I would say demand for, for retail centers, uh, malls in particular, you know, it's a bit more robust than just the neighborhood and community shopping centers. But overall, we're still, still seeing uh, fairly weak demand in the market right now. Okay, so the malls are not dead. <laughs> no, not dead. Uh, I, I think I think what's really going on there is uh, it depends upon the mall you're talking about, right. the geography you're talking about, but the, the malls themselves are definitely not dead, at least not yet. <laughs> well, they sure don't look dead when I go to the mall. They look packed. <laughs> so, well, what do you expect for retail property level performance uh, moving forward into 2014, Ryan? You know, I think in 2014, you know, we, we expect to see uh, kind of another year of tepid recovery across the retail market for both neighborhood and community centers and malls. I would expect to see neighborhood and community centers uh, vacancy to fall about uh, 30 basis points or so. Uh, I'd say asking rent growth n- next year of about 2%. I'd expect slightly better performance from uh, the mall sector. But what I would say is within each of those sectors, you know, we're still seeing a uh, fairly pronounced divergence in performance. On the neighborhood community center side, we're still seeing uh, the, the grocery anchored centers hold up a lot better than the non-anchored centers. Uh, you know, significantly lower vacancy rates, higher rent growth. And I would say on the mall side, you know, we're seeing Class A malls uh, outperform uh, basically the overall mall sector, but certainly outperform the Class B plus and lower quality malls. And I think a lot of uh, both of those trends have to do with the economy. On the neighborhood and community center side, uh, you know, the focus on grocery anchored retail has to do with the fact that most consumers are really keying in on non-discretionary spending right now and not a lot of discretionary spending. Uh, On the mall side, that has to do with the fact that, you know, the Class A malls tend to cater to you know, higher income, more affluent individuals. And so, uh, you know, those individuals are a little bit more uh, insulated from the vagaries of the economic cycle. And honestly, a lot of them like going to the mall and, and being doted on by, uh, you know, the, the, the staff in some of the higher end stores. You know, they're not as price sensitive. They're not going to 
shop online to save $10 on a $4,000 jacket. And so uh, they would much rather go to the mall and have somebody, you know, really cater to their needs than, than shop online where services, you know, whatever the service happens to be on the site tends to be minimal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very different experience than it is shopping in the store if you have a lot of money to spend. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I wonder how they even let me in the mall then. I don't know how, how I got in there, right? Yeah, it is a very segmented recovery, isn't it? I mean, you certainly see some suburban uh, uh, retail that's still sitting vacant and then some areas where uh, strong tenants can't find great locations. And, and let's talk about the investment market uh, world, uh, Ryan. How is retail... Uh, faring in the investment sales arena? I'd say, generally speaking, it's it's not a favored property type at the moment. So, you know, volume's a bit lower than we're seeing for, for say, office and apartment, which are somewhat more favored. You know, and that's, that's just a function of the underlying fundamentals in the sector with, with uh, slow recovery in, in vacancy and rents. You know, there's good demand out there for high-quality properties, you know, but those tend to be relatively few. Uh, they are trading at low cap rates, and relatively high price per square foot. So uh, while volume is low, pricing in the market for centers that are actually trading is a bit on the, the more expensive side. But again, uh, there are only so many really high-quality properties out there that can trade, and so it's, a, it's skewing the market dynamics a little bit. And what sort of a cap rates do you see for retail? You know, I'd say overall cap rates are they're still somewhere around 8%. Uh, but, it, again, it's really a, a, a tale of kind of the haves and have-nots in real estate. So the better quality assets are trading, you know, uh, on the lower side, you know, low single-digit cap rates, uh, you know, 4 5 6%. Some of the more uh, distressed stuff is trading above that, uh, 9 10 even uh, uh, 11 12% in, in some centers. And so it's really a question of do you have a high-quality center and is there a lot of demand for it? I think some of the more distressed stuff, uh, honestly, those are just assets that uh, some people really need to get off of their balance sheet, and so uh, they're willing to take uh, just about any price that they can get in the market these days. Yeah, that's very true. People always want to know, well, what are cap rates? And I say, well, it depends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, really. Let's look at your rent roll. Let's look at your property and uh, see what type of demand you have there. We're talking with Ryan Severino with Reese. And, Ryan, you mentioned distress. How much of the sales volume is distressed at this point? You know, it's it's still a, a minority of uh, of sales volume. There's definitely a component of the market that is distressed, without a doubt. But I would say that the majority of the transaction volume that we're seeing these days tends to be those higher caliber centers where there really isn't a shortage of demand. And so it, 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 it's skewing things at the moment because those higher centers, uh, not only are they going for a higher price per square foot, but they tend to be... Um, somewhat larger and so they their their dollar volume is, is skewing the overall amounts so i would say distress while not uh well not an insignificant component of transaction volume right now is not not really one of the main drivers of transaction volume in the current market okay and you mentioned cap rates are kind of all over the board depending on the property but uh, maybe you can use eight as an average what do you expect to see for cap rates moving forward into 2014 do you think we'll see some more demand for retail and more sellers willing to sell some of these core stable assets and see cap rates uh, decline a little bit? I, I can't say I expect to see a ton of movement in caps next year. I, I would say, you know, um, generally speaking, kind of flat to slightly downward. I think there's still some trepidation in the market surrounding the sector. So I think investors are going to remain cautious, uh, focusing on the higher quality assets until they start to see a little more transparency on the fundamental side. And so uh, just give it a little bit more time. I think uh, I'm a big believer that economics 
uh, and retail in particular are, are both cyclical. And so as the economy starts to recover, as the labor market starts to recover, uh, as income growth bounces back a little bit, I think you will start to see uh, people generally returning to shopping, even with you know the 800-pound growth of the Internet looming out there. You will see sales volume turn back. You will see demand start to ramp up. And I think that will be a catalyst for transaction volume. So it'll probably be slow at first and then uh, start to build as the fundamentals in the economy and the marketplace turn around. Okay. Well, Americans do like to shop, right? So uh, what do you expect <laughs> to see for holiday shopping uh, this year? You know, I, I think the outlook for holiday shopping is a little bit uh, brighter than it's been in the last couple of years. I think uh, we probably expect sales uh, to increase in the 35 to 4% range versus last year, where we only saw about a 3% increase. And so uh, I, I think that that maybe isn't the, the most spectacular result, but I think given the, the still somewhat fragile state of the economy that we're contending with, I think that's a that would be a pretty good uh, result. If I could get 35 to 4% on sales, I think that would not only be good for uh, the end of 2013, but I think that would probably portend uh, pretty good things as we head into to 2014. Okay. And Ryan, are there any other numbers in the retail sector or trends uh, that you find interesting right now? You know, the one thing that I've seen uh, recently in the numbers that I thought was pretty interesting is if you look at the data uh, for the last couple of weeks, the government shutdown clearly took a toll on retail sales. Uh, it was definitely most pronounced and not surprisingly so uh, in the Washington, D.C. metro area. But if you look across the country, uh, a lot of people stayed home uh, during the shutdown. And I think uh, it was partially a function of the shutdown itself. I think it was also a function of the fact that a lot of people thought that there was a there was a decent enough chance that uh, that the government might actually not raise the debt ceiling, default on the debt, and cause uh, very significant economic chaos. And so uh, I think it might just be a temporary phenomenon as people held back a little bit. But uh, I did think it was interesting to see that actually show up uh, in a significant enough manner uh, that it, it registered in the data. And, and scary. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome, Michael. Always a pleasure to be on. If you'd like more information from Ryan Severino and Reese, visit Reese.com. That's R-E-I-S. Well, just a moment, we'll have some interesting information from ICSC. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we just produced a show on corporate office tenant strategies and a show featuring the Fed's view on commercial real estate. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. You can visit uh, the show website or iTunes and catch them there. Today, we're talking about the retail industry and retail real estate. Please welcome my next guest, Jesse Tron, Communications Manager with ICSC, International Council of Shopping Centers. Jesse, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, well, Jesse, one of the things that you guys do at ICSC that I find kind of interesting is the ICSC Industry Snapshot. Uh, can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited that, you know, you picked up on, on this. It's a new uh, sort of initiative that, that we rolled out as a communications vehicle. And what it is is a sampling of you know, relevant data and useful facts about the industry 
uh, presented through an infographic form. So the idea behind that is to really provide our members and, and other industry professionals with you know, what we feel is really useful data, but in a really palatable, uh, palatable format so that you know, it's clear, it's concise, it's easy to understand, and hopefully they can come away with really a, um, a big picture view of where the industry currently is. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm, uh, I could understand it, and I'm just a radio show host. So, <laughs> Well, I think you're selling yourself a bit short there, but sure. I appreciate that. Well, one of the facts I found interesting is the square footage of retail space per person in the U.S., Jesse. What is it right now, and, and what is the trend there? Sure. It's, it's sitting currently at 23 uh, square feet per person in the U.S. right now. That's pretty high, um, you know, all things considered. I'll get into that a little bit, but to, to answer the question, uh, it's been relatively stagnant over the past several years, as you can probably imagine. You know, we had a slight downward trend, which shouldn't surprise anybody during, during the recession, um, and it's but it's not ma- a major downward trend, just like, you know, there was some contraction in space. Um, you know, we're not contracting now, but we're not adding much space either, right? And then the population continues to increase year over year. So that accounts for a slight downward trend uh, in that stat. But that said, we're by far and away the highest country in that category. I mean, compare that to Canada, uh, just, you know, our neighbors to the north there, and, and they have a pretty robust shopping center industry as well. 14 square feet per capita. Wow. Uh, the UK, it's only five square feet. Uh, so then, then take a look at some of like the BRIC countries. Why don't we uh, look at Brazil where it's 0. 0.06 square <laughs> wow. feet. Wow. So, you know, we're by far and away the leader. But what that means is, you know, there may not be a ton of new development, as I'm sure you're aware of and, and probably your listeners are aware of right now um, in, in the industry. But what that means is, look at that, there's plenty of opportunity or shopping center professionals to ply their trade elsewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. And 23 square feet per person seems like a lot. I mean, I got uh, had bottle service at a nightclub, and I certainly didn't have 23 square feet for that. And I uh, felt like I was paying rent for that. And, and the shopping center business is, is a lot larger, I think, than some people think. How many people are employed in the industry? Uh, it's, it's over 12 million, 600,000 plus. Um, and that's an increase of 2.4% uh, over, over September of last year. So that's current data right now. Uh, so that's quite a few people, and that's shopping center uh, professionals only. If you include all of retail, you know, we're talking about one in 10 people in the United States is employed by retail in some fashion. Wow. Well, it is a lot larger industry, I think, than, than some people think. Well, let's talk about uh, sales per, per segment. What do you see out there for uh, what, what's selling, what's not? Yeah, you know, right now I'm going to uh, actually give you some new data that just came out for this segment. Uh, it's not updated on our current iteration of the snapshot, but that will be provided either later today or tomorrow uh, for your listeners. So, but lately, what we're seeing right now is durable goods have shown really considerable strength. Auto parts up 6.8%, home furniture and furnishings up 7%, building supplies up 4.3%. So those those uh, those durable goods really really quite strong. The non-durable side, it's a bit more mixed. Shoes, apparel, and sporting goods all showing, you know, pretty strong increases. That's good. Uh, but office supplies down 2.2%. 
grocery sales down 0.6%. Those segments lagging a little bit right now, um, but you know that's okay. Overall, 2% growth uh, industry-wide, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. What about vacancy? I know you, you track that on your snapshot of a vacancy per retail property type. What do you see there? Uh, we're looking at a total vacancy rate of 9.3%. Or uh, 90.7% occupied, if you want to be optimistic about it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, the segment is showing that most vacancies are in the community and neighborhood categories. Community at 11.3, neighborhood at 9.4, just a slight bit over the uh, over the total. Regional super regional uh, malls fared a bit better, 7.1 and 8.6% respectively. The category leader right now, power centers, at only 5.7% vacant. But really what this metric is showing us is that the industry has rebounded quite nicely from the recession when total vacancy peaked at over 11%. So we're down to 9.3. That's pretty good. Uh, and it's been steadily declining over the past several quarters. So the picture is a lot brighter from that standpoint right now. And uh, we consider a center to be healthy at anything over 90% occupied. And right now the whole industry is ahead of that. So that's a, a very good sign. It's good to know we're all healthy, right? That's right. <laughs> what do you see in the snapshot that may illustrate a possible trend to look out for? Uh, the thing that I'd like to point out is our very own ICSC uh, survey of shopping center uh, executive opinions. Uh, that's on page two, I believe, if you scroll down a little bit of the snapshot. Uh, more on that survey can be found uh, on the research portion of our website, but we give you a brief sort of overview of that in the snapshot. And what that is is, you know, we, we survey, uh, it's confidential shopping center executives about their opinion on the current condition and the future direction in five what we deem critical indicators of industry health, sales, traffic, rent, occupancy, and cap rates. So that survey is presented um, in an index form and anything above the 50% threshold represents growth. So that means, you know, 0% would mean that everyone in the survey saw a decline, 100% would mean everybody saw a growth. Anything over 50% means the majority sees growth, that's a positive. Uh, it consists of three parts, current uh, conditions, future expectations, and then what we uh, dub the business barometer, which is sort of an average of the two. In our latest iteration of that survey, all three parts were above the 50% threshold, and the business barometer, that average of the two, was above 50% for the 22nd consecutive month. So that is the trend that I'd like to look at going forward. Uh, those are industry folks, industry executives that are bullish about the future of the industry. Yeah, and they're on the, on the front lines. They're going to know. And, and uh, what are some ways that our listeners can uh, uh, quickly, right at the end of the segment, find these this snapshot? Okay, so very quickly, uh, uh, several ways. At ICSC on Twitter, at Jesse Tron PR on Twitter, also ICSC.org backslash press or blog.icsc.org. Any of those areas, you'll find the latest uh, latest survey. Okay, Jesse, thanks for joining us, sir. And uh, next, we'll get a ground floor look at commercial real estate from two leading retail developers. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. 
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Each week here, we focus on a topic of interest to business owners, entrepreneurs, and real estate people. If you'd like to know the latest topic and guest each week, you're invited to sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Our topic today is retail and retail real estate. Please welcome Ron Wheeler, CEO of Simbler. Simbler has developed over 330 projects, totaling 27 million square feet, and currently leases and manages over 12.5 million square feet in eastern U.S. and Puerto Rico. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. Also, please welcome Jack Halpern, Chairman Halpern Enterprises. Halpern owns more than 3.4 million square feet of leasable space and 33 retail properties. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, we, we've heard a kind of an analyst uh, view of the market, but but you guys are uh, on the on the main level of seeing what's happening from a, from a market participant point of view. Ron, what do you see for property level performance with your portfolio today? You know, I think our portfolio is in as good a shape as it's been in a, a long time, I'd say, since the pre-crash times. We're about 95% leased. I think we just kind of reached that level with this last quarter. Uh, we've seen our rents stabilize quite a bit. Um, you know, the leases we were signing prior to 2007 have now had their five-year turn, so they've reset, and we think we have a much more stable cash flow going forward. Uh, the uh, rent relief requests have slowed down dramatically. I think that's maybe because everyone's already asked, yeah, <laughs> and uh, we've maybe already given them everything we can give them at this point, but uh, we see a real solid base, and we're really optimistic going forward. Well, that's great. Well, according to ICSC with uh, Jesse, if 90% is healthy at 95%, you're very healthy. <laughs> yeah, we are. We feel good. <laughs> that's great. Jack, what do you guys see for property level performance right now? Well, it's a similar picture to what Ron described. Mm -hmm. uh, vacancies are down. Mm -hmm. uh, rent concessions are uh, not coming at us quite as frequently as they once did. So the properties are uh, much more stabilized uh, than was the case a few years ago. Uh, we are seeing that uh, we're still having to spend money to fix spaces up for new tenants. Tenant improvement dollars are, are much more of a factor for us than they were uh, uh, five and ten years ago. But all in all, we're very thankful. The trend is positive, and we're optimistic that the future is going to look even better for us. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up, that, that tenants today in retail are looking for tenant improvement dollars. And, and I guess that, that may be slowing down a little bit, but uh, is that because of the market being a little soft and, and they can't ask? Or is that because some of them can't get a loan at the bank or don't have the money? Well, in the case of smaller retailers. Uh, in fact, a lot of them used to depend on home equity loans to mm -hmm. go into business, and that, of course, has vaporized as a source of capital. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a little bit more challenging for the mom-and-pop entrepreneurs to get into business. Yeah. In the case of the uh, chain stores or larger tenants, uh, they have the leverage and can extract concessions from their landlords that uh, perhaps the smaller tenants couldn't do. Right. And, and Ron, what type of tenants are 
busy right now? Who's growing? Uh, where do you see the most demand from? Uh, which segments? Yeah, I mean, I think the the trend is still discounters are doing real well. The dollar stores uh, are leasing a lot more space than they used to. We probably leased more dollar stores in the last couple of years than we did in the rest of the history of our company. <laughs> yeah. uh, medical use, the doctors, the doctor in the box, the dentists, people like that who traditionally were maybe in office space have moved a lot more into real estate or retail. So a lot of service sector. The fast casual restaurants is another really growing category. So we're seeing a lot of that. So those are some of the trends we're seeing. Okay. And it's interesting to see medical moving into retail. Are, are you finding the other retailers are receptive to that? And are there leases such that, that that's okay? Or do sometimes you have to go to some of these tenants and, and adjust leases to let a medical tenant in a center? You know, I think other retailers are generally fine with it. I mm-hmm. think the key to all retailers is bringing traffic into a center. So if you can bring any kind of traffic any way you can and lease mm-hmm. up space, the other retailers are usually pretty happy. Yeah, it's much better than the vacant space, yes, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and Jack, what do you see for, for tenant demand? Who's, who's mm-hmm. knocking on the door today? Well, the, many of the same tenants that Ron described. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also seen uh, an increase in fitness center uh, users, uh, perhaps part of a national trend toward people taking better care of themselves, uh, goes along with the increased medical users. Obviously, drug stores are expanding rapidly. Uh, and uh, the uh, traditional service businesses, hair salons, nail salons, uh, continue to uh, grow fairly steadily. There's, there seems to be a ongoing demand for that type of use, and shopping centers are the best place for them to locate. Yeah, and everybody wants to be healthy right now. You know, if it wasn't for my incredible willpower, I would have worked out this morning. But <laughs> All right, we'll have more on retail and retail real estate. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit commercialrealestateshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out the Commercial Real Estate Show TV. Yes, I said TV. You can visit YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show TV. No, just Commercial Real Estate Show. It's actually video, but, you know, hey, we call it TV, right? Well, today we're talking about retail real estate. My guests are Ron Wheeler with Simbler and Jack Halpern with Halpern Enterprises. And, and Ron, one of the things that we hear about with a lot of the the tenants and businesses that that we deal with in our practice day to day is a little bit of uncertainty uh, involving Obamacare and, and some of the headaches and arguments in, in the government. Uh, what do you hear from the tenants that you guys are dealing with? Uh, are they are they holding back in expansion and in hiring, or, or what do you hear? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a continuation of the trend. The mm-hmm. whether it's Obamacare or the government shutdown or just the overall sense of the economy or mm-hmm. where the government is going, there's there's definitely still caution out there. I think people are being very careful about the decisions they make, and they would rather not expand and slow their growth a little bit, but make sure they don't make that big mistake anymore. So I definitely think that none of this helps 
uh, but it's not specifically mentioned, but none of these events over and over again help yeah. what we're trying to do. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. I think if some of this uncertainty can lift, I think there's some pent-up demand uh, that could uh, help the, the the retail real estate world in a big way. Yeah, I mean, logic says that these retailers have to expand. Yeah, so at yeah. some point, Wall Street's going to demand that they expand. So yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. I think there's some pent-up demand. Okay. And we talked about uh, tenant improvements and things. So, so Jack, what are tenants today looking for in their space and in their locations? Uh, what do you hear? Well, tenants are getting more creative and flexible in terms of the footprint of their uh, buildings. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's more of an emphasis on infill locations, uh, which often requires them to go to different formats than was their standard going forward uh, or in the past. But uh, also tenants, uh, on the one hand, are looking for more tenant improvement dollars from their landlords. Uh, the flip side is that a lot of tenants are showing more of an interest in owning their own uh, buildings mm -hmm. and controlling the real estate mm -hmm. rather than being tenants so that they get to enjoy the uh, upside and the appreciation from owning the real estate. All right. And Ron, what sort of trends do you see and what tenants are looking for today? Yeah, you know, I'm probably dating myself, but remember Steve Martin did a routine, Let's Get Small. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. So yeah. probably your first Steve Martin reference on your show. But uh, a lot of tenants are really looking hard at how much space they're operating in mm -hmm. and uh, trying to decide if they can be a little smaller. You know, tenants always still want to be on end caps. And there's maybe more of a demand for restaurant space that's already fitted out. You know, getting back to your TI issue of just mm -hmm. tenants really being careful with their capital and how they spend their capital when they start a business. Right. All right. And let's talk about development and acquisitions, dispositions. Jack, what are you guys doing today and what are your initiatives for 2014 at uh, Halpern? Well, we are always on the lookout for new acquisitions <clears throat> of existing properties. Uh, look for uh, opportunities that uh, present a chance for us to add value through leasing and, and management. We've also uh, hired a couple new people and are devoting more resources to ground-up development. Uh, traditionally, we've been operating in the Atlanta area. We are now looking throughout the southeast for development opportunities, primarily grocery-anchored centers, but also uh, some single-tenant uh, ground-up net lease type uh, developments. Okay. And Ron, at uh, Simbler, what are your initiatives to 2014? What are you guys up to today? You know, kind of a continuation of what we've been doing in 13. We, uh, our business is really multi-level. What we want to do is be kind of all retail service to, for our own account and for third parties. So we lease and manage both for our own account, but a lot for third party. The majority of what we manage and lease, as a matter of fact, is for third parties. Uh, we're also acquiring properties, uh, mostly grocery anchored throughout the southeast, value add, and in Puerto Rico as well. And then thirdly, development. We want to continue to uh, develop, and we're seeing some better trends in that area where we're uh, getting some more committee approvals from some grocery stores and hopefully getting back more into what's one of the more fun parts of our business, which is that ground-up development. Right. And tell us about some developments that uh, you've already announced or you want to announce on the show. Uh, what, what do you have new? 
Uh, well, we're doing, you know, for the last several years, we've been doing a lot of redevelopment. Mm -hmm. uh, and we acquired a center and are redeveloping a Publix in it. But we've had, uh, I can't announce specifics, but we've had uh, two uh, grocery anchor deals committee approved. We signed a grocery anchor lease today on a center that we're going to acquire mm -hmm. uh, and redevelop. So uh, that's where our focus is. Development is good in pockets. So in uh, in Puerto Rico, we're doing a lot of drugstore work for Walgreens, for example, but they're not as expanding as much in some other markets. So, you know, when you find a retailer who's expanding in a certain geographic area, that's what we're focusing on and trying to help them expand in those markets. Okay. And how are you finding the market, Ron and, and Jack, if you will mention it too, as far as finding locations that, that work today, are you able to find locations? Are the prices up, down? What do you see? You know, one of the big challenges right now in our industry is um, we talked about how tenants are being cautious. They're cautious about how much rent they'll pay. So finding that perfect corner, lighted intersection, high traffic, good visibility, low barrier as far as uh, entitlements, and then matching the price of what that land seller wants with what the tenant is willing to pay is, is a challenge, but it's, it's getting a little better. Yeah, I mean, you, you, are you seeing more demand for some of these tenants? And we're going to have to talk about that in the next segment, my producer is telling me. So we'll, in the next segment, we'll get into that. We'll talk about uh, demand. We'll talk about investment sales and, and some other things in the retail market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to connect with the show on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, or Twitter. You can find all our social media links at commercialrealestateshow.com. Today we're talking about retail industry and retail real estate with Ron Wheeler and Jack Halpern. And, and Ron, I'd like to ask you about the investment market, the capital markets. Uh, is there something that might surprise listeners today about investment sales arena and retail? Well, I just think about how aggressive uh, buyers are being at this point. I mean, for core assets, you're mm -hmm. seeing better than peak of market pricing that you saw in 2007. And then for the value add assets, really aggressive underwriting on lease up and rents and things of that nature. So. Uh, it's it's interesting slash concerning yeah. at times. Do I hear music? I think that's music to a broker's ear. I think I hear music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack, what about the uh, debt markets and uh, financing? What do you see out there for retail? Well, uh, low interest rates have certainly been a benefit to owners of real estate. Uh, we have been able to uh, obtain the loans that we wanted and needed for our properties, uh, in part because uh, we've been willing to put a fair amount of equity into each deal, mm -hmm. uh, which lenders are requiring because they are getting more conservative at the same time that they feel they need to get the money out. Their other options are bonds, which are yielding uh, even less than uh, what mortgages are paying. So uh, we're okay with the conservative uh, underwriting standards because we're long-term holders of real estate and want to amortize that debt over time. Right. What type of rates are you seeing today? 
Uh, we have not paid higher than 5% in uh, several years and nice. have uh, actually uh, been able to secure a loan as low as 3%. I don't expect that to continue. And that's music the to the owner's yeah. ears. Yeah, that's music and to ours. <laughs> ears well, Ron, uh, what do you see for, for trends on, on property level uh, services and amenities and retail? What, what are some trends there? Well, you know, one of the things we've really tried to do is go from just having uh, shopping center-wide marketing campaigns to really focusing in on our shop space tenants which are the lifeblood of our center, and making sure that we do everything we can to help them maximize sales. Uh, and that goes right down to us actually having uh, small business consultants at our expense go in and work with these tenants and make sure that they have all the tools they need to be as successful as possible in our centers. Wow, do you rent to commercial real estate firms? <laughs> <laughs> we do. I need to see your financial statement first, though. That's right. That's right. Um, well, guys, if you can, can you leave us a tip for our uh, listeners? Uh, Ron, what, what tip do you have for us? You know, my tip would be uh, it seems like we're getting back into some pretty aggressive times in various areas of our business. I would just urge everyone to stay calm and disciplined in your approach to our business so we don't go through what we just went through the last several years. In other words, don't bid up the prices too high? Right. <laughs> what if you're the seller? Well, that, that's an exception. But, <laughs> okay. but I got the best stuff, so <laughs> exactly. you can overpay for me. That's right. And uh, Jack, you have a tip for our listeners? Um, well, one, of course, would be don't borrow more money than you can afford to pay back. Um, echoing what Ron said. Don't He's like a banker now. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I, I think you have to look at the world from their perspective occasionally. Music to the banker's ears yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't assume that there's going to be a greater fool out there to pay more for something than you have just paid. Mm-hmm. So that isn't a, a, a an exit strategy you can count on. Yeah. And, and uh, I I guess finally, uh, keep your word. Uh, in, in this business, it's a relatively small community, and your, your reputation is your most important asset. So. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We sure appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on the radio and on video and on internet and everywhere as you're listening out there today thanks for joining us i'm michael bull until next week be sure that you always lead learn and laugh and join us for the commercial real estate show the commercial real estate show is brought to you by your friends at bull realty france media atlanta office liquidators and wiseman noack curry and wilco for more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts videos or blogs visit commercialrealestateshow.com